श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद से वेद कराधर श्रीवास आदि गौर भक्त वृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे डेमी गॉड वर्शिप इज ए प्रोमिनेंट फीचर ऑफ हिंदू सोसाइटी not of vaishnav society generally vaishnavism is considered part of hinduism by people who don't know what is vaishnavism but actual vaishnavism is sarva bhadi vinir muktam tat parat vena nirmalam hrishikena hrishikesha sevanam bhakti ruchita Bhakti means being freed from all mundane designations and engaging the senses only in the service of the master of the senses, Rishikesh Krishna. So, actual bhakti means there is nothing material whatsoever. Actual bhakti means beyond. the modes of material nature so the demigods themselves are within the modes of material nature therefore we find that the demigods are devotees but they are known as sakam bhaktas they are devotees but with some desire to enjoy this material world whereas a pure devotee is called nishkamata no no personal desire so those who want to be free from all material desires they are better recommended to worship krishna and devotees of krishna who can help us to be free from material desires we find in bhagavad gita which is the most authoritative book of spiritual direction several verses concerning demigod worship and none of them recommended kama istaistai vidyana prapadyante nadevataha krishna says that due to material desires out of material desires the hritagana means nashta buddhi spoiled intelligence people desire people worship demigods and then again andavatu phalante shantat bhavati altamedasam persons of small intelligence worship demigods for fulfillment of desires that are temporary or, or the fulfill, fulfillment of desires but the fulfillment is to, the result we get from worshiping demigods can only be temporary because it's material result and everything material is temporary in bhagavad gita often people quote that in bhagavad gita lord krishna says that everything which is offered to the demigods is actually worth offered to me krishna that's true but that's not all that krishna says about it yepi anyade bhakta bhakta yajanti shrutayan bitaha 
Krishna says, whatever is worship offered to different demigods is actually meant for me. But then he says, Yajantya Vidhi But it is offered in the wrong way. That example is of the right way, from which we can also understand what is the wrong way, is given in Srimad Bhagavatam. Yata Tarar Mula Nishena Trikantita Skandha Pujo Prasaka Prano Paharachcha Yatendriana Sarva Tataiva Sarvahana Matyuteja Hare Krishna. Just for future it's better. It's very nice to offer silence, but it's better to offer when the speaker sits down, not in the middle of the lecture. It, uh, it's a little disturbing to the lecture. So the proper method of worship is uh, likened to the pouring water on the root of a tree, which nourishes the twigs, leaves, branches, flowers and fruits of the tree. If one was to attempt to water the twigs, flowers, leaves, fruits, branches, they wouldn't get any nourishment. However much water and however much we pour it on, water has to be put in the right place at the root. So in the same way by worshipping Krishna, who is the root of the material creation, then everyone else is all others within the creation, including the demigods, are nourished. But if we attempt to individually worship the demigods, uh, neglecting the root or not of or putting only a small amount on the root, then uh, the root will not be satisfied, and the twigs, leaves, flowers, and fruits won't be satisfied, and we won't be satisfied. Another example given in this verse is of supplying food for the body. That has to be supplied to the stomach via the mouth. There's a proper way of, there's a proper way and improper way of doing it. We say, okay, food has to be put in the body. Okay, we'll find some hole. Shove it in through the nose. Doesn't work. Has to go through the mouth. To the stomach. You say, well, my hearing is getting very weak these days. I think I should put some extra vitamins in my ears. It won't work. There's a proper system, an improper system. So, uh, we are enjoined to worship Krishna because Krishna we have an eternal relationship with Krishna. We do not have an eternal relationship with the demigods. Actually, in one sense we do. We have an eternal relationship with every living being. But that is via Krishna, because Krishna is the Supreme Father of everyone. And we are all related to Krishna. All the jivas are related to Krishna as co-servants of Krishna. But then if we worship the demigods, thinking of them as independent gods, 
then that is a mistake. We don't actually have any relationship with any demigod any more than we have with the jiva inhabiting the body of an ant that might be crawling here. So to try to to establish a relationship of the worshipper and the worshipped between anyone else except Krishna is adharma. Adharma jivasurupoi krishna nittadas. Our dharma is as the eternal servant of Krishna. So if we think that we'll worship different demigods and it's the same as worshipping Krishna or that the demigods are somehow or other as good as Krishna then that is not only not dharmic it is adharmic and it is asuric. Yastu Narayanam Devam Brahmarudra Didaivatai Samatvainaiva Vikshita Sapashandi Bhagatruvam. Anyone who thinks that demi that the worship of demigods is the same as worship as Narayan, that Brahma, Shiva, they're on the same level as Narayan, then such a person is called a Pashandi or atheist. And factually in history, we can see that the great word, the most famous or prominent worshipper in history of Lord Shiva was Ravana. And the most famous and prominent worshipper of Lord Brahma was Hiranyakashipu. So Krishna Bhakti Shuddha Bhakti means Anyabhidashita Shunya. Not going to different demigods or anyone else for material benefits. And as Krishna again and again states in various ways in Bhagavad Gita that worship of Krishna to be full and complete and satisfying to Krishna must be Ekanishta, fixed only on Krishna. Ananyachita. This ananya, this term comes again and again. Not any other, only Krishna. Savaipung Sangharod Harmo Yatobhaktir Adhokshaji Ahaitaki Apratihata Yayatmasu Prasidati. The Param Dharma or actual dharma for the Jiva is worship of the transcendent Lord, not of any uh, demigod who is within the three modes of material nature. And that service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted in order to completely satisfy the self. So if we interrupt our worship of Krishna to worship different demigods, then immediately we are deviated from the actual dharma of the jiva. Now, we also find that Krishna himself states, Madhbhakta Pujavadika, worship of my devotees is even more important than worship of myself. So, sometimes the question is, there are two commonly asked questions. 
that one is is it acceptable to worship demigods if we worship them purely without any material design there are some Shaivas, worshippers of Lord Shiva who consider him the supreme and apparently worship him without any material design is it alright? no because it is not possible to worship demigods without any material desire because material desire means any desire other than that of full surrender to Krishna that is the definition of spiritual actually spiritual so you may think I'm worshipping without any material desire but by definition if it's not centered on Krishna then it must be material we may say we're worshipping without any desire but then but it's not the dharma of the jiva it's avoiding the dharma of the jiva to surrender to Krishna if we focus our worship on anyone else now another commonly asked question is that well what if we worship the demigods as devotees they're also devotees well that's also already covered because they're sakamba so we can offer respects to the demigods we should, a Vaishnav should be ready to offer respect even to an ant what to speak of great demigods but as far as worshipping for spiritual advancement in Krishna consciousness it is much more uh, advantageous to anukul favorable to worship the great devotees or pure devotees of Krishna whose material situation may be seen to be much less than that of the demigods if we see Srila Prabhupada we'll see he's it may seem that he's not on the level of Indra, Chandra, Vayu because materially he appeared like a businessman with big ambitions that failed then he became a sannyasa if we look if we were to look in a mundane way of Prabhupada's life it may seem like that but actually Prabhupada's position is much greater than millions of Indras and Chandras and, and Vayus because he's a pure devotee of Krishna they have to they, they have to worship him not that he should worship them as Prabhupada was once asked by one of his disciples do you ever go to see the demigods because of course Prabhupada understanding he's a pure devotee of Krishna he has various must be imbued with various mystic powers and if he likes he can go to see the demigods of course there are also demigod temples without going to Indra Loka, Chandra Loka you can also go to the temples but when Prabhupada was asked this question he replied somewhat excitedly or a little angrily why should I go to see the demigods? rather they will come to see me <laughs> and he explained that if someone is the best or intimate friend of the president then if he has any work he doesn't have to go to see the ministers if, he, if you have some work with the government you want to get something sanctioned you'll go to a minister but if you're a best friend of the president why should you bother going to the minister rather Prabhupada explained the ministers will come to 
the demigods will come to me. If you are a good friend of the president, then you can get something done, which even the ministers can't get done, they'll come to you. So, in Prabhupada, there's no, there's no, Vaishnava has no business going to see the different demigods. Now, it may be that he is passing by some temple, demigod temple. He may go inside and offer respects because he's very humble. And his, but he doesn't, a Vaishnava doesn't engage in regular demigod worship. His, his attention is centered on Krishna. Now the position of Lord Shiva is different to other demigods because Lord Shiva is a great devotee of Krishna, specifically of Sankarshan. And he's almost on the level of Vishnu. At least if we're looking from this side of of the Viraja Nadi, he seems almost on the level of Vishnu. And even there are injunctions in Shastra that one should not neglect the worship of Lord Shiva. That if one thinks Lord Shiva to be any less, if one thinks Hara to be any less than Hari, then Hari will never be satisfied with him. Such statements are there in Mahabharata and other scriptures. Not in Bhagavad Gita. Of course, Bhagavad Gita is also in Mahabharata, but in the definitive section of uh, Mahabharata, Bhagavad Gita, Krishna discourages demigod worship. But that is, that may be included within Krishna Bhakti if one has a clear understanding of Lord Shiva's position as a great devotee of Krishna. He may worship Lord, Lord Shiva out of respect or asking for blessings for pure devotion. May do. Although, again, that's if one worships the pure devotee Acharya, then Sarva Deva Maya Guru, the pure devotee, his worship automatically includes that of all the demigods, because whatever benedictions the demigods can give, anyway, the, the devotees, they aspire for a benediction greater than Lord Brahma can give. They aspire for a benediction that even Lord Brahma hangers after. Brahmara Duralabha Prem. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu gave love of Krishna up to a level that even Lord Brahma can hardly imagine attaining. So really, uh, the worship of the great Acharyas, in the, especially the Rupanuga Acharyas, the Acharyas in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Rupa Goswami, that is far more advantageous for our spiritual worship, for our spiritual advancement in Krishna consciousness than going here and there to different demigods. But 
the worship of Lord Shiva is possible in Krishna consciousness, but nevertheless we see that in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya, especially, well, particularly there, it has been very much discouraged, even the worship of Lord Shiva. And we also find that our own Srila Prabhupada, he didn't encourage that. Some devotees, they were engaged in collecting funds for some disciples of Prabhupada, they were engaged in collecting funds for building these big temples, Mayapur, Vrindavan and Bombay. And they wanted to worship Lord Ganesh so that they could get past all the obstacles for their collection. So they wrote a letter to Prabhupada, can we worship Ganesh? Prabhupada wrote back and said, yes. But, if you do so, there's one condition. You have to give me at least $100,000 a month. <laughs> In those days, $100,000 is more like a few million. So, in other words, if it's really going to work, then you can do it. It was almost an impossible condition. They were doing, they were doing their best. So, nothing's impossible, but uh, by this it seems that Prabhupada, he didn't encourage that. Now, we find that Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarthakur, he says that in one Report or letter, I can't remember exactly. He's saying that it's it's actually to worship Lord Shiva. That is uh, that is very good for Vaishnavas. And Shula Bhaktivinoda Thakur established at the Jogapit in Mayapur. He established the worship of the Shiva Linga. Not as a main function. Mostly people don't even know he's there. If you go behind the, the birthplace, the neem tree, you'll see that. And the Rajvasis, they worship. They're the, there are four Shiva Lingas in Rajadham who are the Kshetrapals. They're there function. Rajata means Mathura, Vrindavan, Bhuteshwa, Gopishwa. Hmm? Yeah. Then Bhuteshwa, Gopishwa, Gopishwa, and then another two whose names I probably know but can't remember. Nandishwa. Ishwa. Gopishva means Lord Shiva. Gopeshva means Krishna. The Sunday can be found in either way. Gopeshva means Gopeshva. And Gopeshva means Lord Shiva because he protects the Rasamandal. 
So the the Vrajvasis they worship. So in that sin, in Bhav Seva, on very high level. Um, now there may be a problem with that if we're not on the very high level. Often devotees they come into Krishna consciousness. Those coming from a Hindu background, they're attached to demigod worship. Their family tradition. And it could be said, well, just continue. And as part of your Krishna consciousness. Can be, but the tendency is, if we have a relationship with Ganesh or Shiva, whoever, that relationship has been established on a mundane platform. And the tendency is to bring that along with us. Now if we say that, alright, you can, you can go on worshipping Lord Ganesh, as well as Krishna. But then the question comes, that if we're to worship one demigod, why not all of them, or so many? Why you want to worship, now we've taken up Krishna consciousness, why do we want to worship only Ganesh? Because we had a, it's, it's a mundane attachment from previously. If you say, well, I want to worship for the blessings of Krishna, then why not worship all the different demigods? Why Ganesh? Because we had our relationship there before. And uh, that's also mentioned in the nectar in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that the worship of Ganesh should be undertaken. That's Ganesh, his worship is undertaken before all pujas. But our recent Acharyas, at least from the time of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, they have not uh, they have not introduced this into the puja padatis that they've given. They've introduced another first in puja is worshiping the Guru. So they've stressed this more. Again, the Guru is the worship includes all all the uh, demigod includes and is more than that of all the demigods now one worships Ganesh why Vigna Vinashana there may be various Vignas or obstacles in the path of worship but Ganesh he can only remove the material obstacle that is his function. But the pure devotees they help us remove the more dangerous obstacles which are those that the material obstacles means the, the, the gross material obstacles Ganesh can remove. But the real obstacles are not the gross just like there may be it, it, <coughs> it may be that there's some if we look at our charts there's some Something's in the wrong house or something like that. So Ganesh helps to remove all that. But that's not really the obstacle. The real obstacle is our own foolishness, our own attachment to Maya. So Guru, we worship him and he helps to remove all these obstacles and give Krishna Bhakti. So Ganesh can help with removing some gross obstacles. But the gross obstacles, 
they can actually help us to become Krishna conscious. In Krishna conscious, what might otherwise be seen as an obstacle can actually be seen in a different light by devotees. An obstacle to our sense gratification is welcomed by devotees. Very good. The, uh, the materialist goes to the astrologer, how can I get rid of this obstacle? And Kunti Devi is praying, please give me more. Vipada Santu Tashashvat Tatra Tatra Jagadu Bhavato Darshanam Yatsyat Apuna Bhava Darshanam Please give us more difficulties. She's complaining to Krishna that we had so many difficulties and now you solve them all. Give us more so that we can always remember you. She's keeping Krishna busy. That if we'll remember you then you have to come again. If you come again, then we'll remember you again. So she's engaging Krishna. Said, Give us more difficulties and then you'll have to come again and take them away. So a, a pure devotee's outlook is quite different to that of a non-devotee. But unless and until we adopt the attitude of a pure devotee in which he's he's can worship the demigods in a completely pure way then it's recommended Anya Deva Shrainai Tomare Kohinu Bhai E Bhakti Paramakara Narotanda says that not taking shelter of any demigod, but worshipping Krishna. This is a paramkara, prime cause of being able to become fully Krishna conscious. So, we may go on with demigod worship, even after coming to Krishna conscious, but generally not recommended, because generally it means that we're holding on to some material attachment. So if we can give that up, that will be more conducive to our spiritual advancement. Now sometimes people say that, well, what if the demigod gets angry? We've been worshipping him so long and he will become angry and punish us. It may happen if the demigod is in Maya. As Indra, he should be happy. But just like Indra was unhappy when Krishna told the Vrajvasis, don't worship Indra, worship Giriraj. And Indra became happy, unhappy and tried to punish and the Vrajvasis suffered. But by the suffering, they actually became more, they got the blessings of Krishna more. They had to suffer the cold and the wind and it seems like they were going to be all washed away. But then, they were able to stay seven days and seven nights with Krishna, which they couldn't normally do. None of them. Because Mother Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj, when Krishna goes out, they don't see him. And then when the, the cowherd boys, they come back, then Krishna goes to his house, they don't see him. And the gopis don't see him. When he's out in the in the forest with the cows, 
They could see him for seven days and nights and they had a good excuse. So no one could blame the gopis for looking at Krishna with great affection because he was saving them. So they suffering materially for a little time. But then they're under the Govardhan hill with Krishna and no disturbance whatsoever. So it's very nice. And in this chapter, Prabhupada comments that Krishna wanted to show that his pure devotees should not go to any demigod for anything, but should come to him. So, if you want to be pure devotees, then it is better to follow in the footsteps of pure devotees. Um, just like that, at Jopit there is the Shiva Lingam. But, is, but so Bhaktivinoda Thakur installed them, the deity there, not Shiva, Shiva Lingam. But he didn't recommend that all Vaishnavas install in their home and do regular worship. In that particular place, he established. So, when we go to Jogpit, don't forget to go just behind. There's Lord Shiva, you can bow down to him. But, on a regular basis, it's not recommended. It can be a diversion from Krishna consciousness. All the demigods will be should be very happy if we worship only Krishna. And they are satisfied. They are, they are satisfied by God. Their worship is included because the demigods, they are part of the Supreme Lord. If we think we should worship, their worship is included. But then if we don't worship, it's also not necessary because only worship of Krishna is necessary. So that in brief is a an overview of the subject matter. We can worship Lord Shiva as Advaita Acharya. Advaita Acharya Ishwaram. He's called Ishwaram. He is Sadashi. Lord Shiva manifests course he's eternal but we say like that but he manifests from uh, Lord Vishnu who is known as Sadashi Shiva means auspicious Sadashi means Vishnu because Lord Shiva is sometimes engaged in activities which seem not very auspicious destroying the universe sheltering the Bhut, Preet, Pishaj So, we can be always auspicious if we always worship Lord Vishnu and everything else will be included there. So, it's better not to divert our attention but concentrate our attention on Krishna only. Hare Krishna. I just thought I should cover that subject. From time to time it's required because our tendency may be that way. 
Madhva Sampradaya and Madhva Chai has a different outlook. He, he rates the he doesn't say Sakam Bhaktis. He's, he rates them very highly. And he encourages the worship of demigods along with that. Centered very firmly on Krishna, but demigod worship can also be there. Anuman is pre- and Vayu. Not Shiva, no. Although the next to Krishna temple in Urupi is the Anantishra. Previous, previous to Madhvacharya coming. Yeah. The Sarvotam Jeev is Vayu in Madhva's system. So there's a little difference of outlook there. Now that's another thing. People say, well, we can worship Hanuman because he's a great devotee. But generally Hanuman is worshipped for material benefits. It's, it's a kind of, even worship of Lakshmi without Narayan. But she's not without Narayan. So what is this? It's, it's, it's a little bit like uh, Ravana trying to take away Sita. <laughs> we shall enjoy through her. Or even just like Satyanarayan Puja. It's, it's almost exactly like a demigod worship. Pure devotees don't do this. It's done only for, for material benefit. So it's, it's also, it's there in, in Puranas, it's given, but it's not meant for pure devotees. Pure devotees don't do this. Well, Narayan is never Asatya. So Satyanarayan means Narayan, but again, it's this this form of worship is not meant for pure devotees. It's only done for material benefits. Is it? You have some experience of that? Well, I, we've seen uh, they do Satyanarayan because they see uh, there's no form of deity. There's like coconut and... No, traditionally they have the... the I don't know. I, when I've seen it, they have. Maybe they're getting more Mayavadi these days. But they used to keep a picture. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the puja. If we happen to go to the... Why don't you write it down? Then I can read it out and everyone can hear nicely. And it will be recorded also. So please write it down. There are others who take... This is a question from a Mayavadi. <laughs> you just look at it. Yeah, any other questions written down? Many people worship Lord Ayapa. Is it true that this is not a bona fide form? Well, Ayapa Swami is said to be the child of Mahini Murti begotten by Lord Shiva. And I don't know if there's any actual Shastra Praman. Bona fide. What do we mean by bona fide? Actual bona fide means pure worship of Krishna. It's not pure worship of Krishna. It's not pure in any way. It's only for material desires and it's only for a certain time of the year also. They go to Sabarimala and 
You do your 40 day brata in which you pretend to not to smoke or eat meat. And uh, then when then when the 40 days is over, you stop pretending and you just go on openly smoking and eating meat. So It's definitely not a very high class. I mean, it's, it's a long way from Krishna consciousness. I, I don't, I, we don't find it mentioned in any of the sattvic Puranas, any such thing. It's not even, even among demi, demigod worship is not recommended anyway. And even among demigod worship, it's, it's, it's not a standard form that we find in the, in the regular Puranas or any such thing. So, not recommended. In Udupi it says in the, what is that? No bathing not allowed by Ayapa Bhaktas. As they all come in and make the place all you can smell wherever they go. Anyway, Hare Krishna. I guess it's something you could say maybe something's better than nothing, but it's a long way from Krishna consciousness. If we happen to go to a temple of demigod and don't offer it obeisances, is it an offense? Then we should offer obeisances. And we can offer prayers uh, according to the Vaishnav system. We can offer, just like we go in the temple of Lord Shiva, we may pray, Kshirangyata Vikara Vishesha Yoga Sanjayate Nahitata Pritagasti Hita Yashambhutamba Apitatasana Govinda Madi Purushantamaham I worship Govinda. In this particular moment, being in the temple of Lord Shiva, I worship Govinda, remembering the relationship of Lord Shiva with him. So Lord Shiva will be very happy to hear that. Oh, he's reminding me of my Lord. How about people worshipping Balaji Tirupati for material benefit? Material worship is material. Better to go to Balaji. But far more beneficial than going to Balaji for material benefit is to, is to hear from pure devotees. That's why if we can hear from pure devotees it's more valuable than going for darshan. Seeing with our eyes. Here is an object here, here is a statue that can help me fulfill my material desires. If we don't hear from pure devotees, that's what people think. And then they have Balaji poultry farm, Srinivas wine shop. <laughs> this is offensive. This is not good. Venkis hatcheries. Yeah. <laughs> In Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada mentions that the three principal demigods are Vishnu, Brahma and Shiva. Can Lord Vishnu also be termed a demigod? No, Lord Vishnu is, is not a demigod. He's sometimes considered by that. Trimurti. But he's not actually a, a demigod. That may be the translation of the word Devata in this instance. But he's not a demigod, he's full god. Demigod, demi means half or partial. 
Then, anything else? Back home in India, in my home, Hanuman is taking shape in a stone and is worshipped by my parents from decades. And they say, Hanuman is the Lord as he is emerging in a stone. How to, they say he's supreme because what is it? What are they saying exactly? There's also in my home, the Lord Hanuman is taking a shape. You can see the shape like that, yeah. Maybe someone sent me a photo from Russia recently how on their kitchen table in the wood the shape of Lord Narsimha is emerging and they they started to put some chandan and this and that and I, I thought well if you stretch your imagination you could see this is Lord Narsimha but you have to stretch your imagination so it's like in, in, uh, in among Arab people all over the world especially among Arab people like the tea leaves they do this you drink the tea or the coffee and then they see the leftovers and they see different shapes and then they tell your fortune maybe now it may be that Hanuman is taking that shape but that doesn't mean that he's the supreme lord he would be he'll be very unhappy with you if you think that he's the supreme lord He'll set you on fire like he did with <laughs> Lanka Dahan. Because he doesn't like that. He, he, he only wants to be known as the servant of Lord Ram. He won't be happy if you think him the Supreme Lord. But you could say, well, you see, there are so many things, just like someone told me, we, we went to Sai Baba and he cured our disease, therefore we accept him as God. It may be. There are so many Christians, they do faith healing. See, there's something there. And then people have faith in them. That means that there are some, like Sai Baba or these Jesus, people who claim to be worshipping Jesus, although I don't think actually Jesus will be very pleased with them. But what they're doing, they're, they have some method of connecting with some Shakti, which is there in the universe, which actually comes from Krishna. That they can channel that Shakti and therefore they can cure and they can manifest things. This, but that doesn't mean they're God. So because we're foolish, we think so. There are many people who just, just from birth, or maybe at some point in their life, they're 25 years old or 33 years old, and all of a sudden they discover that by touching people they can cure them. There are many such people throughout the world. Not so many, but some. Are, but it's not that everyone claims themselves to be God. Or they may claim it's because of Jesus. And this is proof that people who are Christians, they have some healing powers. It's not their power actually. It's Krishna's power. Or Maya's power. But they say this is proof because they're doing it in the name of Jesus. And Sai Baba does it in his own name. So, but this, you see, we have to understand from Shastra what are the symptoms of God. Otherwise, so many people, they have some mystic power, Siddhi. Uh, that story is there of one one 
wash one man was making clothes, dyeing them blue. At the edge of the forest. In those days village meant at the edge of the forest. So he was dying blue. And one jackal came. Jackals generally you don't see them much, but they're like they look like yellow dogs. So somehow he fell in that pot with blue and he became more blue. And he went back to the jungle and none of the animals had ever seen such an animal like this. He thought, this is a very special animal. He must be the... We should make him our king. He's very special. So even the lion was offering him obeisances. <laughs> because the lion is very strong but not much, not very intelligent. So the lion was offering obeisances and Jack thought, hmm, oh, okay, this is good. Ashivadam. <laughs> telling the lion what to do. So this went on for one day, for some days, and one time at night, as jackals are wont to do, at some distance, one jackal started calling. He's also a jackal, the blue jackal. So he also started calling, and they all said, oh, he's a jackal. <laughs> and the lion killed him. He made a fool of me. So like that, someone may seem to be very special, because we don't have experience of that, but we have to see through the eye of Shastra. Not what seems to be. Oh, someone is healing. Or some something is coming from a stone. This proves it's God. No. Not like that. Maybe. Maybe he'll get bigger. At Namakal in South India. There's big Hanuman deity who's getting bigger all the time. So generally you should build a temple, but he doesn't want a temple. Whenever they build a temple, it just breaks down. So he's standing there, very strong, braving the elements. You went there? Yeah. And opposite is the Mushinga Temple. Yeah. I go there regularly. It's close to Salem, and our devotees are are preaching there also. So we go there regularly for preaching. There are some people from Namakal here in our congregation. Maybe not here today. That was very badly affected because that's a, that's a big trucking center and a big poultry center. So it's a, there's a rich people. Rich on eggs and trucks, lorries. So they suffered great losses during the uh, during the lorry strike, which went on about a year ago, all their eggs went rotten. Another time, I was we were driving down this national highway between Vijayawada and Chennai, just after a cyclone. There were all trees on the road. All there's so many poultry farms on that road all smashed and blown away. <laughs> Not a good business. Very sinful business. Poultry farm. This previous chief minister of Andhra Pradesh, the computer wizard, Chandababu Naidu, he was into this. Making fish farms and poultry farms and mechanized slaughterhouse in Hyderabad. So they thought he's very progressive. He's developing the state. 
not good. He mentioned donkey education. What should one do to not be a donkey? Yeah, well, Prabhupada wanted that our devotees they not go to Kami schools. He wanted that we have our own schools. So, with our own syllabus, no Darwin's theory. Prabhupada said they, can, they should learn some basic things about this material world so they don't seem foolish among people. They should, for instance, they should know what the capital of China is. Do you have any children here? Not that young, they won't know. You know, basic things which people know. Otherwise we look stupid. I remember once in London and uh, I was talking to a guest in our temple and he mentioned the name of Ian Callahan to me. I said, who? I said, Ian Callahan. I said, who? I said, the Prime Minister. I didn't know what the Prime Minister's name was because... I never read any newspaper or any such thing. So he thought I was pretty stupid because I didn't know what the name of the Prime Minister was. So some basic things, it's good to know. But then you know all, so many details. What's the use of studying? So many details, the history of India. What date was the Battle of Plassey? Hmm? Battle of Panipat. I never heard of that. I'm stupid. I studied European history. There's so many battles. It's going on and on. Hmm? French Revolution. What year was that? <laughs> Russian Revolution. When was that? About 1917 or something? Bolshevik Revolution. So many revolutions and battles and they're going on now. If you're going to remember them all you have to you know have to keep it there's so many. So anyway some basic things. Prabhupada wanted some basic education the, the children they can know a few th things that most people know. But uh, he wanted them they should learn Sanskrit enough and English so they can read Prabhupada's books. Like that. He wasn't interested in they get all this donkey education. And for girls, he wanted that they can read and write so they can they can read Prabhupada's books. And but he said they should learn how to cook nicely. He said no need of much education. They can cook nicely, they can read, and they should be trained to be very shy and chaste. And they can make good wives like this. So these ideas are not popular nowadays. But it's, it's needed that uh, what's happened, our, our gurukuls, they didn't, for various reasons, the gurukuls that were set up, they didn't work out and actually they were in many ways quite disastrous. I mean, some children came through nicely, but um, Prabhupada actually wanted that sannyasi should teach in the gurukuls. He gave that much importance. And he sent one sannyasi to be the principal of the, the Vrindavan Gurukul. But what happened was that the, instead of sending the best men for heading up the Gurukuls, 
they often they send like you know the crazy people and the people who couldn't couldn't collect any money they were sent they put anyone in and some of the worst elements became the Gurukul teachers and it was a, in many ways a disaster so now the idea in ISKCON the prevalent idea is that well we should give children secular education and then later they can choose if they want to be a devotee but it's better to give them Krishna conscious education later they can choose if they want to be a non-devotee that's because the parents' duty is to educate the children in such a way that they become devotees. When you say, well, that's not practical, how are they going to get a job? Well, how are they going to get free from birth and death? That's a more important question. <laughs> and actually, we should, we can give vocational training. We need, if they, if they get, most children, we can't expect they're going to be sannyasis, but if they're going to be married, we have a need for pujaris and cooks. They can be trained in all these things and so uh, but at the moment we don't have any real functioning gurukul although they call it gurukul but it's not it's it's more like this gurukul of and at least in terms of the subjects that are taught it's more like the gurukul of Shanda and Amarka who were the sons of who? Shukracharya who was and is the guru of the demons, not the demons. So um, it's something we need to work on. Maybe, maybe some of you could come and work on that. Come and help. I was just thinking instead of all the krihastas living here and working so much, maybe they could come back to and we could start some projects like we can start goshalas and orphanages. Orphanage with, make them devotees, not ordinary orphanage. Vridhashram, for elderly devotees. There's so many things that could be done. Maybe we could discuss that with some of our grihastas. Why stay here and work like this? There's so many things to do. So one of the, one of very much needed is, uh, Krishna conscious education. We have to look into it, see what to do. Looks like I'm going to be getting into education starting from next year. Beginning with high level philosophical education. But then we train some people in high level, they can start to become teachers also. It may take some time to set up. In the meantime, what can we do? Well, there doesn't seem to be any alternative, but sending a children to the regular schools unless homeschooling is allowed that's also possible maybe uh, even here our devotees could start a little school if you have to look into the legalities at least at some level we could have our own little school here for devotee children in which if whatever they're required to be taught by law can be taught but Along with that, we could have, we could do it in a devotional atmosphere by devotees. It's something you could all look into. When we are overseas, what should we do for food? Prasad. If there are no devotees around, well, there are devotees all around. So, those who are here 
without their wives, then uh, they could maybe be held by those who do have wives. Tulsi Prabhu has been doing that. Can't do it for so many. We can ask the Govindas and Gopalas restaurants to employ devotees only. Otherwise, it's not so helpful. If it, the name is there, Gopal, but the person is not chanting or a devotee, you can phone and say, I'm coming, why don't you make something? Make sure that the devotee cooks prepare it. That's also possible. In that, in that case, bread, biscuits, we have to eat? No, we don't have to eat. Better not to eat. Kami prepared foods, I mean, you don't have to, you can, you can live on other things. I mean, we, we do live on Ekadashi, right? You can eat fruit, dried fruit, yogurt, all these things. You can, you can do like that. We were just discussing this today. We were saying that people find it very convenient to eat bread, but kami bread is not at all good for devotees. Cooked by non-devotees, and their, their consciousness and their karma goes into that. So, but uh, maybe some of you could start a little bread-making business and sell it to the other devotees. No more than ten percent profit. <laughs> That's also possible. With a bread making machine it's almost as easy as buying it from the shop. If you make bread at home it's much better than shop bought bread. I used to make before I came to Wisconsin. Because I thought it's, it's much better actually. We have to eat in a restaurant where non-veg is cooked. Don't do that. Don't spoil your bhakti. You can... In this country you can buy all these... You can buy milk products like that, yogurt. Some kind of cheese you can buy that's very... It's got a lot of carbohydrates, right? So you can eat that with some fruit. Cheese, some is vegetarian.